0: we'd like to welcome you to season one episode one of our mission one podcast my name is jim pratt i'm director of engagement for general baptist ministries including my responsibilities is coordinating our mission one program privilege today to have mark powell vice president for global missions with us today
1: glad to be here jim appreciate the opportunity to
0: Talk about Mission One. Mark, uh, just to start with that, uh, um, where did the term Mission One come from as far as what we describe as far as our missional emphasis? Uh,
1: Dr. Jim Murray was uh, the director for a short period of time um, before Clint Cook became executive director. And the denomination had a, a multi-year program. They were called Mission One. And so uh, I thought it was a great name. And for years, we had called the program the Missions Volunteer Program, MVP Program. But Mission One just seemed to fit the idea of what we were trying to do with missionary teams and stateside people coming alongside global people and working together for one mission. And so we just retained that name and started calling it Mission One.
0: Sounds almost biblical, doesn't it? It does. Um, Just for a little background, um, in 1994... BOB BROCKETT WAS APPROACHED BY CHARLIE CARR, WHO WAS THE uh, DIRECTOR OF uh, GENERAL Baptist INTERNATIONAL MISSIONS, WE CALLED IT BACK THEN, AND ASKED BOB TO COORDINATE um, OUR MVP PROGRAM. SO OUR FIRST TEAM um, HAPPENED IN 95. Uh, um, MARK, WHAT WAS IT LIKE EARLY ON IN THOSE YEARS WITH THE MVP TEAMS? I KNOW THAT YOU AND, and KIM WERE um, INVOLVED IN HONDURAS A FEW YEARS LATER, BUT WHAT WAS IT, what was it LIKE, THOSE FIRST TEAMS?
1: Well, I mean, at, at the time, uh, Faith Home was not a thing. There were, no, there were no buildings on Faith Home. The property, when I first started going, the property had been purchased and we had started construction on, t- on, on uh, houses. The first house built was uh, actually the house that we lived in and the second house was the team house. Um, so we would go and we would stay in San Pedro with the missionaries. And they would accommodate us the best they could. So I mean, there were cots all over the floors and people sleeping everywhere. And uh, I mean, it created a a great atmosphere for teams. I thought, especially you know in those early years. And so um, from there, the first house, what we call the Coker House at Faith Home, was was completed. And that's where Kim and I lived. And uh, we hosted a lot of teams in that house as. The house that Dave and Martha Kelly were going to live in uh, down at the bottom of the hill and the team house were being constructed. And uh, so, yeah, it was pretty pretty interesting in those days to uh, uh, to be involved. It is a lot different than it is today, for sure.
0: Yes. A whole lot more uh, modern conveniences today for our teams, Absolutely. I guess you could say. Absolutely. Um, in, in addition to Honduras, which the majority of our teams, of course, are Honduras, um, What do mission teams look like in some of our other global fields?
1: We offer quite a variety of opportunities for teams. I mean, historically at Faith Home it has been construction teams, uh, but that's also in a state of transition. We have more medical teams. We've always done vacation Bible school teams. Uh, We have a dental team that goes down. Uh, We do conferences in several of our fields, Mexico and Honduras, uh, Philippines, India, we do conferences. And so there are leadership training uh, teams that, that go out. Uh, I think probably the majority of our teams would still be involved at some level with construction, being anything from painting buildings yeah. to doing actual uh, construction-type stuff, uh, involvement with uh, Children at Faith Home, of course, involvement off campus. We have uh, teams that are involved in church construction, and so there's a, a pretty wide assortment and variety of teams that we can organize based on the skill set that the team brings to us.
0: And um, I know in, in Mexico, in in Juarez, um, tell us about a, a building project that's going to be taking place there and how teams could be involved.
1: Uh, yeah, uh, the, the, the church in Juarez, the Living Water Church, Agua Viva Church, has purchased some land adjacent to it. And they want to construct a new ministry building that will have a variety of uses in the coming years. Uh, it's been a little while since we have been heavily involved in uh, mission team support in, in Mexico. Uh, but for many years, there were a lot of teams who went right. to Mexico and were very much involved there. So uh, we see this as a new opportunity to uh, bring teams back into the Juarez area. Whereas uh, uh, the cartel years seem to be in the rearview mirror and uh, things are a lot different than they than they were for a season there. Uh, so we feel like it's a, a good time to start bringing teams back into Mexico, uh, especially construction teams. But it didn't have to be just construction teams. Right. It could be vacation Bible school. It could be uh, youth uh, soccer. Uh, there's a number of things that it, that it could be there in Mexico. And so... Um, we are going to be involved uh, with that. There was a, a, a family that was involved with Global Missions for a number of years, Johnny and Teresa Hibbs, and they were involved in a, in a number of locations, uh, Honduras and Mexico, in fact, and, and even in Jamaica. Jamaica yes. And so, uh, in fact, uh, Johnny and Teresa uh, helped to start the mission program in El Paso and, and very much so in, in Juarez. And so uh, in honor of, of Johnny, uh, we have uh, chosen to name this new ministry building the Hibbs Ministry Center. So we're real excited about that as well.
0: Yes, absolutely. And um, one of our newer fields, uh, West Africa, I know um, you've been there two or three times, Mark. What, is, uh, what does it look like for teams in West Africa?
1: We are a pioneer uh, for us, for General Baptist, this is a pioneer project. We are just getting started, and so it's church planting. There will be some leadership development. Um, we are involved in building facilities, building churches, and the churches, because of the uh, geopolitical nature of that part of the world, we're having to build uh, pretty pretty strong walls around our our church facilities for protection. And so that's one level of construction that's going on. Then there's the actual church construction itself. We just had a team from the Portland, Tennessee area that was, that was there to construct a, a church. And so we have that going on. Now, another thing that we, that we could become involved with in West Africa was is that our, our mission house is located very close to a university in the city where, uh, where we do our primary uh, ministry. And it'd be wonderful if we could start using that facility uh, not just as a mission house, but also as a way to begin reaching university students. So, you know, people who are wanting to work in teaching English as a second language, uh, wanting to do maybe some longer type of internships and, and staying a little while in in, uh, in West Africa could be involved in that. Uh, but But the classes could be... A number of things. It could be teaching English. It could be cooking. It could be uh, uh, any type of of, uh, of craft. Uh, these university students have a lot of interest, but mostly they just want to be around people from sure. from the states. Sure. A lot of them uh, that we that I've met um, are English majors at the university, so they want to be around English speakers, and that creates an opportunity for us to interact with them. With interest that they have, but also to share the gospel All
0: right and then um india what what do teams look like in india what what's their purpose
1: there? Oh well, we have so much going on in India that uh it's really incredible uh we do leadership training in India uh one of the things that teams can do is we have we have so many churches involved with our sewing center ministries in India with the water wells that are being put in in India, and it's uh it's always great uh, when teams can be involved in that, uh, that public testimony of dedicating uh, a water well or being involved in a sewing center graduation and, uh, and being involved with the, uh, with the communities in that way. It creates a lot of excitement. It creates a lot of acceptance for our local pastor because of the ministry itself. And then the basically the endorsement or blessing of that ministry by our presence for those special events. Um, there's uh, uh, we've had sent interns to yep. India as well who we have worked with children and youth. Uh, so there's there's a lot of different things that, that could be done in uh, in India, and it's right now a very exciting opportunity.
0: Mark, um, you and I both know there are there are a lot of different organizations that will. Will send teams globally. Um, why should people send teams through Mission one?
1: At this point, we have a lot of experience. Uh, we've been sending teams for uh, a number of years uh, the The faces in Popper Bluff have changed, but the but but through all the different phases and changes that have taken place in Popper Bluff. Um, mission One has been consistent. All, all we have done is changed the name, of, you know, from right. MVP to Mission One. So we've been doing this a long time. We adhere to uh, a, a standards of excellence, which is an actual program that, that gives recommendations to teams traveling, uh, especially cross-culturally, uh, to, uh, on how to engage the, 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 the location where they're going. Uh, we have a, uh, a mission team uh, group travel agent that is able to help us to book the tickets and sometimes even give the teams some advantage as far as as luggage and that kind of thing. Uh, we have a fixed price, and the fixed price includes um, includes the cost of air transportation. Which when we look at other teams, we notice that they have a fixed price, but it doesn't include air transportation. And uh, but we we try to fix the price. Early in the year, based on the current circumstances, with travel prices fluctuating yes. like they are, uh, it, it's, it is becoming more challenging to stay by that fixed price. Right. But we do put out a price. We try to live within the, that fixed price so teams know uh, what they're getting. That price includes their transportation and includes their housing and includes their transportation, goods or meals while they're, while they're on the field. Uh, one thing that doesn't really include is their time back and forth to the airport, and any meals that they eat in transit while they're while they're in the airports. Also
0: include insurance.
1: It includes insurance. They every team uh, member that travels has uh, has insurance. We have uh, we enroll all of our teams with the uh, U.S. Uh, uh, State Department, and they make sure that the U.S. Embassy in that country, the consulate in that country knows that, uh, that that we have uh, people in that country. It's called the Smart Traveler Enrollment Program, and we are very faithful to make sure that all of our teams are registered so that if, if there is a period of unrest, because some of the countries we serve, uh, they are in ge- geopolitical uh, environments where, where there could be some unrest, um, but they know that they're there and they can reach out to the team and, uh, and let them know if there's anything that uh, of concern that takes place. Um, We have been involved with professional groups, uh, doctors, medical primarily. We understand that system, and the system can can be very complicated. Um, It's complicated in Honduras. It's very complicated in Jamaica. Uh, and so, and then, in, like in Mexico, a, a Mexican doctor has to be present with the team. And we, because we've been doing this so long and for so many years, we understand the steps involved in professional registration to make sure that folks don't find themselves in an uncomfortable situation whenever they arrive. We also, unfortunately, have experience with uh, with emergencies. Right. We've had um, not... We've been blessed in not having a, a large number of serious events with our Mission 1 teams over the years, uh, but we did have a missionary pass away on the field one time. We did have a team member pass away on, on, in a field one time. And, uh, and so we have that experience as well. Uh, repatriation is a complicated yes. thing, and, uh, and so we, uh, we have that experience and we bring that level of expertise to the table when it comes to uh, sending mission teams.
0: I know we also, um, there's, there's some particular times of the year, especially in Honduras, where we are not going to uh, send teams around uh, presidential election, inauguration. We can't relate to this in our country, can we? But they have uh, every election is tainted. And so uh, from, from November through January on presidential election years, we don't have teams there. Why is that, Mark?
1: Yeah, we try to be aware of the political tensions in the countries that we serve. I mean, the missionaries who live there are obviously aware of those political tensions. Um, and so if we realize that it's going to be a period of time where there is potentially heightened political uh, activity, particularly uh, mobs and uh, that type of, of thing going on, that where there might be some danger because uh, a lot of times the, the people who are trying to get uh, attention from the news media in a political way, one of the areas that they will try to uh, stop um, it, commerce would be at airports. And so uh, we have just learned again over the years of experience that there are certain political events that go on in these countries that we just need to avoid. Right,
0: right. Mark, um, without a pod, your philosophy of, of missions, of, of ministry, if you will, is we're going to work with the nationals, we're going to work with the uh, churches in these regions. Why is why is that so important?
1: We're there to serve them. Um, I mean, it it is a life changing experience for team members. There's no question about it. They they see things that they think they're prepared to see, but takes them by surprise. They meet people, uh, national workers, who have a level of commitment to Christ and to the church that they find uh, compelling and um, and inviting and, and challenging. So it is a life-changing experience. But at the end of the day, we are there to serve that church. We are there to serve that mission team. We are there to serve those missionaries. And so we are not there to complicate their job. Right. We are not there to right. make it more difficult. We are there to be servants to them. And so it is essential that every team that is going is flexible enough and sensitive enough to what's taking place in that particular field to be there to serve and to make sure that they do things well and they do things in such a way that elevates the local church. Because it's not about us. Right. We're not there to, right. to make ourselves feel good or to elevate ourselves. We going to we going we... we're, yeah. we're going to go there and we're going to elevate that local pastor. We're going to elevate that church. We're going to elevate Christ and that's the most important thing that we possibly can do so that the community realizes what has just happened there, whether it's a medical team or a VBS team or whatever it is, that what has happened is because of that local church and that pastor's involvement in their community.
0: That's right. So it's so critical that we, that um, pre-trip training is, is important for the teams, isn't it?
1: It absolutely is. It absolutely is. And we have materials available to teams uh, to do that training with.
0: As far as um, where where do people need to go, Mark, if they want to find out more information about our our, our various fields and, and uh, team opportunities?
1: Probably the best thing that that uh, somebody can do is would be to reach out to you. Um, our phone number here is five seven three seven eight five seven seven four six, and uh, and reach out and ask for Doctor Jim Pratt. And uh, and begin that conversation. We do have uh, and are creating uh, uh, some online helps. Uh, we have uh, our application online, so you can do a paper application or an online application. Uh, we have uh, some guides for mission teams that that we can that are that uh, are going to be available online as well. Uh, but probably to set up actually set up a team, the best thing they can do is reach out to you to see if they're just an individual or if a couple of people from a church are wanting to go to see if there's a team they fit with or if they're wanting to actually organize a team, uh, then uh, they definitely need to, to touch base with you and see what that looks like and how that how that happens.
0: Mark, I think it's, it's safe to say no matter who the person is, um, they probably have uh, some talents, a skill set that could be used on the mission team.
1: They'll probably be surprised at what they can do.
0: And I think um, our oldest that we've sent... Uh, a gentleman from Arkansas was 91, I, I believe that's right. And so if you're, uh, I think the youngest has probably been 12 as long as they went with their parents. So if you're the age of 12 and 91, I think you're safe. I guess we have a 94, 95-year-old. We could probably maybe work out something. <laughs> we can, we can, we, it gets a little complicated with the insurance. It does get more complicated with the <laughs> but insurance. But we can make it happen. But uh, thank you, Mark, for, for joining us, especially our, our first episode um, mission One program has been very important to me in, in my ministry life. In upcoming episodes, we're going to talk about stateside opportunities. Also, we're going to have an opportunity to interview some of our missionaries. Mark, um, what percent of our current missionaries first began by going on a mission trip? All
1: of our missionaries made a mission trip. Um, the majority of them, that's where it began for them. But even if, even if they came to us saying we we're interested in serving as missions, we always, our first recommendation is always, Go on a mission trip. Make that trip. See what what it looks like. Feel what, what uh, smell, you know, all, all the experiences. Uh, and, and then you have a better idea. And as you're there, you can pray and you can ask God, is this really what you have for me in my life? And so uh, the majority of our missionaries, their first involvement was with a mission trip. Christina Massey is a, a classic example of that. Uh, some of our other missionaries, they, very early on in this, in this experience, went on a mission trip, and that's where they felt this call and this burden to become missionaries.
0: Thanks again, Mark, for, for, for sharing with us today. And again, if you're interested in going on a, a global mission trip, please reach out to us. Um, we will provide materials for you as much as possible, even the details you need to work out. You could uh, contact me, at jim.pratt at generalbaptist.com. But thank you again for joining us today.